to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spashano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? You know, Dan, with all the relationship problems I've been having, I finally decided to bite the bullet and see a psychologist. Oh, yeah? How'd that work out for you? You know what? She said I was suffering from delusions of sexual superiority. She just wants to f*** me. I told her to get in line. Oh, oh God. Well, I'm going to have to bleep that out in post. What, what do you mean? You, you bleep, can't. Bleep what out? What you just said, you can't talk like what? that. Not in the intro. Ken Patera dropped about 77 F-bombs. Yeah, well, you're not Ken Patera. Let's put it that way. You got, you got a point there. <laughs> well, hopefully the rest of the show is a little cleaner than that, Benny. But why don't you tell everybody who we got online with us? Well, Dan, you know, in the history of mankind, things are sometimes said that are so profound that they're recorded for posterity. The British playwright, William Congreve, once wrote, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Now, he was actually referring to a hooker who got shorted on a payoff. And uh, now John Lennon, life, life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Uh, Jimmy Duggan in the great movie A League of Their Own, when he autographed a, a young kid's baseball, he inscribed the, the life-saving words, avoid the clap. Just oozing of wisdom. And our guest, actually, uh, I, he was quoted as saying, handcuffs like rules are meant to be broken. So our guest is, and this is another slash, here we go, artist, comic book creator, heavy metal alchemist, and professional wrestling personality. He created Metal Cult Comics and Flippy the Dachshund. He's published multiple short stories and is creating music with the heavy metal phenomenon, World's Decay. And if that ain't enough, he's a professional wrestling manager par extraordinaire. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Dennis Warren, known the world over as the Spectacular Stash. Brother Stash, welcome to Dan and Benny in the Ring. And thank you, thank you for that incredible intro, my friend. How am I supposed to follow that? I don't know. That, that took up half the show. Hopefully with cleaner <laughs> language than Benny's. Yeah, best. don't do what I do. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the guy that writes heavy metal music and Flippy the Dachshund. So, you know, I, I kind of uh, ride that fence quite often. I, I, I'll try to reel it in for the night for our general audience. Yeah, okay, guys. The flippy side. Yeah, man. Just for now. Well, we we usually start with the same question for everybody. We love it because it's a different, as Benny sometimes calls it, it's a snowflake. It's different for every person because uh, the stories are always great, too, and they're always different. But we'll start with this one. Um, every guest, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling? Oh, uh, this is the part of the show where I get to talk about my father because this is this is all his fault. Um I remember some of my fondest memories are of uh, dad laying on the couch and me sitting there um, in front of the couch watching the TV and he would have wrestling on. And uh, here was what my my favorite thing for my dad to do while we were watching wrestling is that uh, he would uh, he would get all uh, up in the heels and he would he would be like, look out. He's going to he's got a foreign object. He's got a foreign object. And I would get so excited and so mad and stomp the floor and he would just get cackle and laugh. And he just had such a great time supporting those heels while uh, his son was just in anguish over the baby faces, getting the crap beat out of him. <laughs> and this went on for years and years and years. And uh, I remember uh, we we had, uh, you know, I, I live out in the sticks in uh, Grayson County, Virginia, and uh I, I love it here, but we, we had uh, limited access to television uh, at this time. And uh, interestingly enough, we did have three different uh, flavors of wrestling. I remember 
I remember the uh, NWA, I remember the AWA, and I remember the uh, World Class Championship Wrestling. So I, I had a good variety yeah. of wrestling. So, you know, uh, that this is all dad's fault, and uh, I, I, I do attribute that to him. He, he's been very supportive in everything that I have tried to accomplish, and especially music and art and athletics, um, uh, basketball was something that I participated in in high school. And I, I love a- athletics. Uh, there wasn't a wrestling program in high school. I w- would have most certainly pursued that. But uh, anyway, um, you know, this is all dad's fault. Dad, this is you, baby. And uh, the spectacular stash, I hope you're proud. He had one hell of a mustache, too, I have to admit. Uh, it runs in the family, baby. Well, let me ask you a follow-up then. Was there a particular time and place where you decided you were going to get involved in professional wrestling? And from that, did you ever have any wrestling aspirations or were you always set on being a manager and a mouthpiece? Uh, the manager thing came relatively recently. I have always loved just about every aspect of, of wrestling. Um, and it, this this was immediate. I knew when I first started watching professional wrestling that this is this is what I wanted to do. I didn't know how in the world I was going to make it happen. But when I was a kid, I knew that I wanted to do this. I practiced all the moves. I watched the the managers and the referees and the announcers and the promos. I, and I absorbed it all and I loved it all. Uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, when I became an adult and found myself at, uh, uh, you know, five ten and 175 pounds when I'm soaking wet, um, didn't really help for my, uh, athletic aspirations. Um, but I did find that I was uh, uh, quite talented in music and art and creative uh, expression. Uh, and that came into play later as, as in, in terms of professional wrestling. So, yeah, man, I knew I knew from the start that I wanted to be involved. It, uh, professional wrestling is like it had everything that I that I loved. It had it, it's like big top circus sideshow. Uh, you got gladiator battles between good and evil. You got uh, superheroes and supervillains and soap opera drama. I mean, what else can you ask for? I, I just, you know, I, I loved it from the very first moment that I watched it. And uh, my dad started taunting me. And uh, you know, going back to dad and, and knowing that I, I, I wanted to do professional wrestling, I got to tell you. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you guys are seeing at BWC and the uh, the Quest for Fire Wrestling Live from BWC, the reactions, all the stuff that you guys are seeing from the spectacular stash is it's it's a it's not hard to do because it's it's a lot like that that uh, eight year old child uh, those same reactions that frustration uh, that jubilation the triumph uh, 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 all of that is just channeled from my childhood and just going back to that feeling that I got when I watched professional wrestling on TV and the you know a few times that I got to go see it live too. So there you go, man. I always knew this is what I wanted to do. Well, Stash, I go back a little bit further back than you. Back, to, I became a fan in 1968. Back then, the the main managers were Bobby Davis and uh, Wild Red Barry. But then then came Lou Albano, Fred Glassie, the Grand Wizard. And after that was, you know, Bobby the Brain and, and, and Jimmy Hart. So many iconic, great managers. Is there anybody in particular that you, you pattern your style after? Uh, well, I, I really like Lou Albano. Uh, you mentioned Lou Albano, Freddie Blassie, um, Ernie Roth, the Grand Wizard. Now, Lou Albano uh, and, and Ernie Roth, they both uh, managed Jimmy Valiant early in his career. Is yes, sir. that correct? Yeah, yes. man. I don't know about Freddie Blassie. Did did he ever uh, manage Jimmy? No. no I okay, I did. Um, I would say Lou Albano for for sure because uh, I remember watching Lou Albano on the uh, the, uh, the I guess even the old WWF stuff, but the, definitely the WWF stuff. I remember Lou Albano. Um, and it, it, I, I, I watched him pop up on that Cindy Lauper video. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like, wow, rock and roll and wrestling, pop music and professional wrestling. Um, 
this did these were definitely two interests of mine rock and rock and wrestling and i saw lou albano and cindy lopper and they got involved in the professional wrestling and the wrestlemania and uh I think Lou Albano uh, and and his heel work was really entertaining. I back uh, after you know I was an adult and got really into studying the managers. I would go back and watch those videotapes of uh, Lou Albano and some of the stuff he did, and uh, he he was really good. In fact, uh, interestingly enough, I had some uh, one person mentioned that uh you know stash you really need to drag out some rubber bands and some safety pins and and start adding that (laughs) into your repertoire and uh you know i don't know about that but i appreciated the fact that they were uh, trying to associate the fact and pay the stash a compliment that lou albano um is is maybe a a something i need to pursue so i appreciate it I'll tell you, I'll be first in line to buy any merchandise. You come out dressed like Super Mario. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, okay, so I got to say, as far as managers, though, uh, I, look, I'm going to talk Bobby Heenan. My God, oh, number yeah. one. He oh, is yeah. absolutely, possibly the greatest of all time. You got to throw out Jim Cornette. Uh, sensational Sherry Martell. I don't think people talk about Sherry Martell enough. Uh, you guys... Tell me, I, I know that you can appreciate where Sherry Mar- Martell's coming from. Her talent really is right across the broad spectrum. Can you tell me any Sherry Martell stories? Very underrated. I mean, you know, when I think of her, I think of her as as a you know as a as a wrestler first, but she became mm-hmm. a really really good manager too. And, and you're right when when they talk about the great managers, she's not mentioned often enough. Yes, well, she needs yep. to be. You also have to think about, you know, whenever they talk about with it coming up here, I believe it's their next show. But uh, whenever they talk about great moments in WrestleMania history, Miss Elizabeth coming back to dump Sherry out of the ring and reunite with the Macho Man, that whole angle doesn't work without as good a heel and a I hate to use the word, but as, as a, a, you know, bitch as she was. And it just it worked so well. And, yeah, I don't think she – like you said, because you had Bobby Heenan and you had Freddie Blassie and you had Jim Cornette and Paul Bearer coming in with The Undertaker later and you mm-hmm. still had Brother Le- – there were so many – I mean, you watch some of the early Royal Rumbles and there's ten managers at ringside. Yeah. She kind of falls through the cracks, but it, you, you really don't get that. And then her uh, – Shawn Michaels, his solo career doesn't work when he first spins off without her being the the, the voice there. So I agree. I think she gets a lot of credit. And um, you mentioned Cornette. I think he's another one that needs, you know, uh, doesn't get propped up as much because people forget the the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express tag feud was for, was it four straight, three or four straight years? It was the highest grossing feud in the territories. And that doesn't work without him running the Midnight. Mm-hmm. So I, I think people, you know, yeah, obviously Bobby Heenan, but there's a couple out there that, that yeah, you know, sometimes you hope wish got a bigger spotlight. You got oh, another one. Uh, well, sensational Sherry. Another thing about her, if you're going to talk sensational Sherry, I have to admit, um, Sherry is where I got the idea for spectacular stash. Uh, stash is actually a name that uh, was chosen by the YOU. The people chose the stash. I went by other names, tried other gimmicks, and people just started calling me Stash uh, while I was on the road with my rock band and stuff, and it stuck for years. So I just rolled with it. And spectacular stash is uh, the moniker that really sticks and everybody seems to like. So sensational Sherry deserves uh, the credit there. She kind of helped me decide on that. Um, uh, Jimmy Hart, you got to throw uh, Jimmy Hart out there. Yeah, from his stuff in Memphis all the way to the WWF, and uh, you know, I just I love his style. He is uh, he he was always into music production and. Uh, he he was uh, responsible, uh, I think, a lot for bringing in Jerry Lawler and uh, Jimmy Valiant to, to the music business and helping them uh, launch their music careers. And, uh, you know, with Jimmy Valiant, um, a, a son of a gypsy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, that, that was that was uh, the rock and wrestling connection long before the WWF even had had uh, an idea to explore that. So, Stas, we, we met, uh, I guess it was on January 15th, at the uh, the second taping of uh, Hearts on a Quest for Fire. And um, so we're both we're both BWC alums. You graduated, I think, in your class 2018. 
2018, baby. Yeah, 2022 here. So um, now Shawsville, uh, I, I I always joke around that you know you you put in your GPS parts unknown, and if you can make it there, you drive another 50 miles and you can find Shawsville. So my question is, how on earth did you find Shawsville? Okay, yeah, uh, Shawsville, Virginia is uh, not exactly uh, in the big city. It's a little bit off the beaten path. The beaten path. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, look, uh, I'm kind of a local, uh, to the area. Um, I'm not from Shawsville, but I lived in Floyd County for a couple of years and Floyd County is very close to Shawsville. And uh, I would take that, uh, Spring Valley road, uh, route quite often to go to Roanoke. Uh, it's a very beautiful drive and I like taking back roads instead of interstate. Don't ask me why. It's just my preference. It's not a big deal. Stash ain't in no hurry. And I like the beauty <laughs> of nature, baby. So, all right. So uh, there were many times uh, back in the early 1990s. Let, let me just get this straight. Boogie started his school in 1993, right? 92 in his first class. 92. Class in 93. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, about 1994, 1995, 1996, I was living in Wood County. And uh, I would drive by Boogie's school. I would drive on that Spring Valley Road. Uh, uh, is that the name of the place? Is Allegheny right? Springs. Allegheny Springs Road. Yes. And I would drive by Boogie's place. And every time I would just kick myself in the ass when I passed that that drive up to the hill. And I could see Boogie's wrestling camp written on those three buildings. I mean, yes. it was it's right there, and you and and if you are a wrestling fan, uh, you it's in your blood and in your soul and in your mind and in your body, baby. You're just drawn to it, and I would pass by there, and I would just be so disappointed. And I'm like, one of these days, I would say it, I'd, and one of these days, I'm gonna walk into that school and I'm gonna learn how to wrestle. And I swear to God, guys, I don't know what took me so long. I, I was on that road pursuing the rock and roll dream, riding up and down all those roads, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, all up down the East Coast, taking my band all over the place. We drove all the way to New Jersey, all the way across the country to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for the Milwaukee Metal Fest. I've been all up and down those roads, baby. The beaten path has been beaten up by the stash, cut out a whole new carved new path. All my own. And let me tell you, uh, somehow, some way, after all of this journey, I ended up back at BWC. And one day I did. I got the courage. I got the big cojones to walk in there and say, hey, I'm the stash. I am ready to wrestle. And Jimmy Valiant took me under his wing and he said, Stash, we're going to teach you how to wrestle. We're going to teach you how to referee. We're going to teach you how to manage. We're going to teach you how to announce. We're going to teach you how to do everything you need to do to learn this business. And I don't care what you think. You're too small. You're too this. You're too that. You know, Boogie, you know, he is he is going to take your talents and the things that you can do and your positives, your strengths and he is going to exploit that and he's going to encourage you and he's going to bring that out of you. And uh, you may find yourself going in some directions that you didn't uh, know that you were going to be going in because he's going to help you explore talents that you didn't know how to that you didn't know you had. And that's the beauty of B BWC, because when you go to BWC, it don't matter if you have a spectacular stash or you're some six foot seven, 300 pound monster. Uh, they are going to find a way for you to. Uh, uh, play a role in professional wrestling. And it, it might not seem like a large role. Managers, they don't, it doesn't seem like a manager does a lot until you take the manager out. And then you're going to notice that there's something missing. And, and quite frankly, guys, I, I've got to be honest with you that, that that's one of the things that I feel has been lacking in professional wrestling for a long time on the, on the big scene. In the Indies, they never went away. They've always used managers. Boogie's Wrestling School, it, it, managers are an integral part of professional wrestling. The rules 
are an integral part of the, the professional wrestling. The bending of the rules are an integral part of professional <laughs> wrestling at BWC. And they teach you all this stuff, the psychology. It's not just how to take a bump and, and how to run the ropes. And you got to learn this stuff, too. And that's, it. that's very important. But there's a lot. The Why? How? What? When? Where? Who? You'd be asking these questions. And I don't think a lot of people writing the stories, especially at the big organization, are... Uh, Asking these questions. Anyway, I got off on a tangent here. Where, where were we at? <laughs> it's quite real right. things in before I go off. Cut a promo. Well, we'll get back to your uh, your managing career momentarily, but <clears throat> there's been a lot of posts. We, we see your social media very active. Uh, you're as Benny said. You know that we <laughs> love to talk about the slashes, writer slash. You know, you're a, a true, really a true Renaissance man. Many talents. Um, if Let's start. I mean, you have, you obviously you have a music career, so uh, I want to talk about that for a second. With um, and I hope I'm saying this right, Dionysus Metal Cult. Oh, you got that right. That's yeah. The you 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 nailed it, brother. The the reason that uh, uh, there's so many different ways to pronounce Dionysus is why I prefer the stash. It's much easier for everybody. <laughs> Dionysus, Dionysos. Well, why don't you tell our? You gonna have to blink that one, maybe, baby. <laughs> no, I'll let, I'll let that I one try. slide. Benny's the only one getting. Just get a free today. pass. I'm the one who gets. All right, thank you. Uh, well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey into heavy metal and music? Okay, uh, you are speaking with a true Renaissance stash, as it were, a uh, fine connoisseur of. Uh, Heavy metal music, uh, sequential art, comic book storytelling, uh, as well as uh, an accomplished Amazon best-selling author. Uh, in addition to dabbling in the world of professional wrestling, the stash has done quite a bit uh, in the entertainment business and made quite a few contacts and has begun to build his stash world order. As it were, the entertainment business, uh, you make a lot of contacts on that dusty road. And uh, along the way, the spectacular stash has built up a reputation and built up contacts that he has brought with him into the professional wrestling world. And now, now that the stash has dug in like a tick at BWC, he is ready to share these resources and the comic books, and the music, and the best-selling books sold on Amazon by the Spectacular Stash are all just a part of what he brings to the table for his professional wrestlers. And so you see Dynamite Dan and Beautiful Benny. The Spectacular Stash is ready to bring a lifetime of experience in the entertainment business and turn that into a successful professional wrestling campaign, baby. Are you ready? Are you ready for the spectacular stash and the stash world order? <laughs> is, is the world ready for stash? And, you know, as we're speaking, I don't know if you can see stash, but I'm holding up the fabulous book, Tales to Twist Your Mustache, right here in my possession. Wonderful Excellent. Book. Absolutely Excellent. Thank you. Book. And uh, now you're uh, and this is coming from someone who can't even draw a stick figure, but you're an absolutely wonderful illustrator, just a phenomenal talent. You've done Flippy the Dodson. You've done these. I guess initially you started illustrating to support your band. And that led to the creation of some metal. Is it metal cult comics? And what, at what point in your life did you uh, find out that you had a, a gift? Because it really truly is a gift for drawing. Brother, thank you. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate the encouragement and the, uh, the appreciation. Um, it, the minute I could hold a crayon, it just as the, the very second I was able to take a pencil and scrape it down that paper and make some scribbles that uh, were halfway legible, I, I knew that I wanted to be an artist. I just, uh, 
I, I got into comic books at a very early age. Here's what happened. I, I got into comic books and rock and roll about the same time. I was, uh, this is my first memory. I'll be honest with you. It's one of the very first memories is crawling into my brother's room, uh, bypassing all the obstacles he put up to try to prevent me from getting to his precious treasures, his record albums and his fabulous furry freak brothers and zap comics. And I somehow ended up in there and went through his records and wallered all over them and just uh, spit and slobbered and loved on them and absorbed them. And the next thing I know, I am I am trying to create comic books and I'm trying to create music. And I've been creating comic comic strips and comics for uh, many, 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 many years. It took a long time before I finally, again, grew the big cojones to just uh, take a gamble and invest in myself and put the time and energy into creating comic books. So there came a point in time when I finally landed a record deal for my band, Cult of Dionysus. And here's how I did it. I told them I was working on a comic book for, to promote the band and to market the band. And man, they love that. They love it. I mean, hey, look, any I just got to be honest with you. Here's a here's here's a gem for anybody trying to get into the entertainment business. If you can present something that no one else can do, uh, if you can put something else into it that no one else is doing, take it, take it from a different perspective that no one else has taken and present that in a way that sells them. They know that they're going to be able to sell the audience. So the, this company knew that if the, the stash is going to be doing a comic book to sell his band, well, man, he'll sell he'll sell his band himself. I won't have to do that much because a comic book. I don't know anybody that's doing rock and roll comic books. And there wasn't a lot of people doing their own comic books uh, when when I started doing comics for Metal Cult uh, Comics. Uh, here's what happened. The uh, eventually um, I, when I when I got the record deal, I didn't have the comic. I said I was going to do the comic. So I got the record deal and then I had to do the damn comic. So I did the comic and I produced one comic book all by myself. Um, the record label tried to get some artists involved, tried to get, and I eventually just got to the point where I was like, look, I can do this. I do it myself. I taught myself to write the script, create comic books uh, from start to finish until you get a, a PDF document that you can send to the printers. And uh, I published it myself. Uh, the label ended up folding. I continued writing and drawing books. Um, the books ended up outselling the stuff I was doing for the band. And it just got to the point where the comics, I started doing comic cons and uh, the bands, while the comic and art and that direction that the stash was going in started taking off, man, some weird sh stuff just started going on with the band and things just weren't working. And oh, I was getting myself into some situations that are just, it's just not healthy. I wasn't taking care of myself and the band was just sucking up every bit of energy that I had. And anybody that's been in the music business knows exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been doing this and I was with just cult, cult of Dionysus for, for a decade, uh, you're, you're gonna, if you don't have help, if you don't have support, if you don't have a good system, if you're not taking good care of yourself, it's all going to fall apart. And this translates to professional wrestling too. You need to have a good support system, whether you have a good family or you just got really good friends watching your back. Uh, you know, you, you need to, you need to make sure that you got that covered because there's things that can happen that you're on the road. You're not prepared for, uh, you need to have somebody else watching your back. You need to take care of yourself. So, the comic books uh, and and that ended up leading to Flippy. All right, I'm I'm getting to somewhere somewhere here because I ended up getting to the point where I'm done with the music business. I'm so fed up with this. I see that I can do comic books all by myself. I don't need a band. I don't need a record label. I don't need a booking agent. I don't need a distributor or a publisher. I'll just do all this stuff myself. I'll I'll, I'll entertain some people. I'll. I'll follow my dream and I'll do it my way. I'll do it my way. And that's exactly what I did. I did it my way. And the next thing you know, uh, I end up putting Flippy on the cover of one of the medical comics and integrating her into the story. Flippy the Dachshund. Uh, 
I sold more copies of that issue of medical comics with Flippy on the cover than any of the issues that I had sold previously. And it was like a sign from the powers that be, uh, whatever from above saying, Hey, uh, the band is on the way out. Flippy's on the way up. You better ride this, uh, Flippy the Dachshund train all the way, baby, because, uh, this is what's hot and this is what's not. So I, that's what I did. I transitioned from taking the band on tour up and down the East Coast to uh, getting the wife and the wiener dogs in the van and taking them to comic book uh, conventions all up and down the East Coast. And here is where the story is relevant to professional wrestling because it was at these Comic-Cons that I began to run into Handsome Jimmy, the boogie woogie man valiant now how's that for a lead up into the next part yeah so i, I was uh, this is going to be i don't know if you ever saw the movie uh back to school uh with ronnie dangerfield oh and, yeah uh, yeah yeah when he <laughs> when he takes his uh, you're gonna look out for number one no don't step in number two um <laughs> so when uh when he takes his oral exam and uh, dr philip barbet says i have it's only one question, but it's broken into 37 parts. Actually, this one's only broken into two parts. So okay. what, one, is there a, was there a real-life Flippy? And number number two, um, and it's hard to believe, but I actually have grandchildren. I don't know how you can do that at 28 years old, but somehow I pulled it off. Is there a way that um, Flippy is available to the general public? Uh, yes, Flippy is available to the general public, and uh, Flippy is a real-life dachshund. Uh, the uh, the Flippy the Dachshund comic book is based on the real life adventures of uh, the wonderful wiener dog Flippy and her sister a Zombie Stardust. Uh, Flippy uh, is written by my wife Jerry Lynn, and of course uh, I draw the book, and Flippy sells the book. Uh, one thing that I noticed about uh, Flippy's books is that uh, in the comic book industry. There really isn't a lot for very small children, um, children that uh, haven't yet learned to read or are trying to learn to read. And my wife and I designed Flippy to fit into that niche uh, because there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the comic book industry. But um, really what it boils down to is I would like to see more small children uh, having entertainment that is available to them, that they don't have to worry about adult themes or adult language or violence or any, any of the stuff that the stash is really interested in. Uh, it, it's not in Flippy the Docs. This is totally for children. It's a, it's a coloring book. It's intended for small children and for parents and grandparents and, and husbands and wives to sit there and go through the book with their children and color it. Um, and, uh, you know, we would put, but we, we would actually go to comic cons and put the books there and have the dogs on the table for the children to be able to come up and pet the dogs. And we'd have samples of the books there so they could take crowns and color in the book. And, uh, man, I mean, I, I just, I was at the point where I, I realized that, you know, there's more to entertainment than just the spectacular stash. It's really about, uh, entertaining all types of different people. And, uh, you know, if the spectacular stash has to take a back seat and put the wiener dog up there and manage the wiener dog. Like, this is the wonder wiener, baby. You need to come on down and get your pets in love and then take all my wonderful wiener dog comic book for just five dollars, baby. Come on now. Uh, so here's here's what you do. You go to flippydog.com And you can pick up uh, some flippy books there. You can also pick up Flippy's books at Crypto Comics. Cryptocomics.com is uh, a an online uh, comic book distribution uh, organization. They uh, basically uh, sell comics as cryptocurrency, and you can get all of the spectacular stashes comic books at Cryptocomics.com. Just go there, check it out, sign up, uh, buy a, a unique uh, one of a kind NFT. Uh, medical comics, Flippy. Uh, there's all kinds of variety to choose from. You can also pick these books up directly from me on Facebook. Uh, you can go to SpectacularStash.com and pick up the books from there. Uh, 
Uh, it's everywhere. Hit me up on Facebook if you if you want to check out Flippy or any of my comics or my books or, or stuff. And, and uh, you know, just be sure to stay tuned because uh, I have just uh, gotten back on track with Metalcore Comics. Issue number eight will be published uh, later on this year. And after that's out of the way and I got that uh, under my belt, I will probably get back with Jerry Lynn and uh, figure out the, the next issue of Flippy. Nice. Excuse me. <clears throat> well, getting back to uh, wrestling, um, I'm sure you, you've obviously managed a few legends and interacted with some people, and you've managed some serious talent. Uh, who are some of the, the more favorite people you've had the chance to work with? Uh, the Spectacular Stash has had the honor of managing quite a few future legends in professional wrestling. Uh, Trey Fouquet a uh, BWC legend, as well as Rex Keller, another one. Uh, the Spectacular Stash has managed um, those two champions. You'll be hearing a lot more from Trey Fouquet and Rex Keller in the future, believe me. Uh, oh, I want to I say this. This uh, ties in. Um, you guys may be you, – you guys know Knuckles Nelson? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah, oh man, I, I love Knuckles. Great guy. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the other great things. I mean, there's so much – to to benefit from by being at BWC. That's where I met Knuckles. Uh, Knuckles is just a great guy. He's very positive influence. He is very encouraging. And uh, Knuckles uh, is is uh, really a very accomplished referee. He was uh, uh, the referee in a match um, that I worked with Rex Keller. And I, uh, I'll be honest with you, I do hope to have the opportunity to work with Knuckles again. Uh, I didn't really get to flex my dastardly stash as much as I'd like to. And I hope we have an opportunity to work again. Brendan Higgins, uh, Knuckles Nelson, my friends, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking again, my friends. Uh, but what I really want to drive home here is the legend to be that is Jaden Fury. Jaden Fury is a name that is going to be upon the lips of professional wrestling fans for many years to come. Jaden Fury is a name to remember, baby. An amazing talent. I've gotten to see him a couple of times wrestle. Uh, I, li listen, I, 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 before we get into uh, Mr. Fury, one other thing I would like to, to say is... Uh, this is this is this is important um, Two, three people that have probably given me as far as legends go. I've talked to three people that have provided. Invaluable management advice. Number one. Handsome Jimmy, the boogie woogie man valiant, hands down, has worked with the stash more than 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 anybody else as far as legends go. Kevin Sullivan is another one, and Arn Anderson, finally, is another one that has provided advice that was very important and helped me to get where I'm at right now. Boogie, I, just as as uh, just the last time we were there, right before we worked the last match, uh, he he was he was there to give instructions and guidance and encouragement and kind of show you shows you know let me know how it's done. I can't really give any details because it'll give some stuff away. I'll talk to you guys about it later on and tell you exactly what he said and blah, blah, blah. But basically, Boogie will take you aside and give you some insight and, and details about the way things are done that uh, you're not going to hear from anybody else and you're not, you're not going to be able to figure out on your own. Uh, his advice has been invaluable. Kevin Sullivan, I did a seminar with him, just one. Uh, in Wayne's, uh, somewhere in Virginia, Waynesville, Waynesboro, I can't remember. It, it doesn't matter. Kevin Sullivan and Arn Anderson both kind of had similar ideas about modern management. See, at the time, this was like, it was right before I graduated. So that would make it around 2017. Um, when was AEW established, guys? Can you help me out here? They They started on television. Uh, just about four years ago. 2019. Okay. okay. Uh, at the time, uh, when I when I spoke with Kevin Sullivan and Arn Anderson, managers were not being very widely used. 
in WWE. Uh, and they're really, I mean, they're, 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 they've always been used on the Indies. But uh, in WWE at the time, the only one that was really being used was was uh, Paul Heyman. Yeah. And he was really the only one that they cared about using. And I, I, I spoke with Arn Anderson about this. Quite frankly, he was like, look, I don't want you to give up your dream, but WWE is just not using managers. And so, you know, I, I was working as a wrestler. I was like, look, yeah, I, I recognize this. I didn't see any managers. Paul Heyman was the only one that I saw uh, in a big time wrestling production uh, being being featured and used in any way, shape or form. So I, well, if I want to get any work in the wrestling business, I guess I'm just going to have to learn how to take some bumps. So I did. I, I, I worked, you know, I've, I've done some jobs and I, I, I just enjoy wrestling. So it didn't matter. Uh, but. You know, it was kind of discouraging. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, on the other hand, he had the same pretty much look. We're not using managers very much, but here's what you need to do. You either need to, in professional wrestling, whether you're a wrestler, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You, you, you have you have to do one of two things. You have to be sexy or you need to be scary. So uh, the mustache is sexy. Uh, and I brought that. Uh, and and I, I feel like I'm I'm rolling with that. But what the hell is scary about the stash? So, uh, you know, here's what's scary about the stash. Uh, there really isn't a lot that the stash can't influence his wrestlers to do. Let me explain. The men and women in the stash world order follow the instructions of the spectacular stash to the letter. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter who it is, don't matter what I ask them to do. They do it. Stash world order is not just a stable, it's not a family, it's not a management firm. It's a cult. It's a mafioso. <laughs> and what I tell my men to do, what I instruct my women to do, they will carry out the stash's orders. That's scary. So do, do we need to call you Don Stash? The stash, father, baby. <laughs> there may come a time when the stash will ask a favor of you. Commissioner Benny Scala. You're going to make me an offer I can't refuse, right? I'm going to make you a stash you can't refuse, <laughs> baby. So, once again, back to this, I'm going to say fabulous book, because that's what it is. And uh, at the beginning of the book, you actually said, you made a comment that you didn't fancy yourself an author yet. Like, uh, I, I like analogies. And to me, like a good book is like a, is like a great pizza. And you kind of, you know, you kind of uh, taught, you know, you're kind of uh, perplexed because what do you do? Uh, it's really good, so you want to get eat it as fast as possible, but then you don't want to run out of it. So you kind of just try to, you know, savor it. So that's what I did, and I have to be honest, I'm I'm wanting more pizza. So I guess number one, well, it really that that's the question. Will will there be more books, and um, will there be a, maybe a follow up to the uh, the Merry Christmas Ghost? Because that's what really got me. You saved the best for last in that book. That's so cool. I, I sincerely appreciate you um, paying me such a compliment and uh, being so encouraging because writing is tough. Uh, writing, and, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know. When you're right. writing, you're, you are literally bearing your intellect and your soul and your knowledge of communication skills. And, and, and you're trying to communicate and convey a message to people. And the use of the right words is important on the paper as well as uh, on television and on radio. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I always knew I could write. I, I, nev I never considered myself anything but an entertainer. And by being an entertainer, that means I can cross over into writing and comics and professional wrestling and, and, and who the hell knows what else. Just, you know, I, I just I love entertaining people and I feel like professional wrestling has all the aspects of really what I want to do to be able to 
to do that and do it to the best of the stash's ability. Now, as far as, far as writing goes, uh, Tales to Twist Your Mustache is really an introduction to the stash's writing. Um, Dennis Warren, The Spectacular Stash, has written other books. I wrote uh, two chapters of an ongoing serial series uh, called The Visitors. Um, that is also available on Amazon, and I do have some printed copies available. If you like Tales to Twist Your Mustache, if you like suspense, horror, uh, I think maybe perhaps The Visitors would be the next step in exploring um, the sus suspenseful tales of the spectacular stash, spying, tingling, suspense, designed to help you twist your mustache even if you don't have one. Uh, another book I wrote, again, with my uh, talented wife, Jerry Lynn, uh, The Cemetery Inn. Uh, this book also stars a dachshund. It's not flippy. It, it is a, it is a, a, a different uh, character, but the dachshund is the star of the show in this gothic novel. Uh, so you might want to check those out and there will be more books. Um, but I got to be honest with you, writing, uh, again, I'm sure you're aware, it takes an incredible amount of time. The, 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 you know, the amount of time it takes for me to convey the messages and then do the edits, even just a Facebook post. I, I spend quite a bit of time making sure I've got my message correct before I, I leave it alone. So, you know, you, you got to find the time to write. And, and right now, I just got to be honest with you, I'm trying to get this uh, this next comic book out the door. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff going on with World's Decay. We just we just dropped the Mustache Express. I got another track that's coming down the pike. It's going to be uh, dropping here in just uh, uh, probably another week or so. And nobody, nobody is going to be expecting this. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you, you can just expect me to deliver some more writing i'm not sure exactly when well speaking of that that single because you were kind enough to send it to me the mustache express and i when i listened to it i i, I kind of thought i was hearing frank zappa for a minute uh, which i to me please take that as a compliment because that's what it's meant to be um <laughs> did, did mr zappa who was a gazillion years ahead of his time did he have any influence on your music don't drink that yellow snow. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's sage advice for the ages, baby. Yeah, uh, I like Frank Zappa. Um, I've got quite a few of his albums. Oh, there he is. He's a, oh, he's a genius. He's a genius. I studied Frank Zappa. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Are you talking the music or the voice or the delivery or the approach? I mean, I, I, I'm curious. I. I I really would like your take on the song. What made you feel like this is Zappa esque, baby? It was it was the voice, but it was it was the presentation as well. Just That's cool. It, I, yeah, I really appreciate that because uh, World's Decay and indeed the Spectacular Stash uh, is is uh, very diverse, eclectic. There are a lot of elements there. Um, and I'm really appreciative of the fact that you picked up on somebody like Frank Zappa because he was such a pioneer and his uh, student, Steve Vai, I'm very familiar with uh, his work as well. And both of them just really pushed the boundaries. Uh, Steve Vai had a guy come in named Devin Townsend and do some vocals on one of his albums. And then Devin Townsend, in turn, created quite a few uh, different um, musical projects, Strapping Young Lad and some and different projects. And, and all of them having certain elements that are you show up, you, you can see a definite progression from Z Frank Zappa to Steve Vai to Devin Townsend. And it all incorporates uh, diverse elements. Um, you know, some of it's very heavy and progressive and, and very, very different. And and that is where I'm at uh, with my musical career. You know, the Spectacular Stash has a quite a diverse musical background. I started beating the drums when I was 10 years old and was in a classical band and, and uh, learned how to read and write music and was uh, in the marching band in high school and traveled uh, up and down the East Coast with the marching band to quite a few uh competitions and won some awards for uh drum competitions and uh trans transferred that into a rock and roll career and lo and behold here the spectacular stash is now 
entering into the world of professional wrestling, watch out, baby. Who knows what's next? <laughs> well, we have a great friend of the show, Evan Ginsberg. He uses the term art to describe excellence in professional wrestling. Uh, I mean, you're someone who's clearly well-versed in the arts. What's your interpretation to the term art as it relates to what you do in, in and out of the ring? Yeah, yeah, it, it is art. It is uh, professional wrestling. I know this sounds crazy, but it is a superior form of creative expression, performance art. It is. Uh, it takes an incredible amount of skill. And if you think that, uh, look, uh, you guys have have been to Boogie's Wrestling School. You you can you kind of have an idea up close and personal what it's like with these with these kids and these instructors and and the veterans uh, they all go through to make a professional wrestling match happen. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it is truly uh, a test of your creative abilities and everybody's creative abilities because you all have to kind of play your role and play your part. And uh, it, it is it is a lot like making a movie or, or drawing a comic. And there's so many different parts and such timing involved that everybody needs to be on the same page and know their parts for all the pieces to come together at the right time and for the crowd to pop when they're supposed to pop and for everybody to go, oh, wow, and to get them to really want to come back and see some more of it. So it is an art. And if you, I, Jerry Lawler is a great artist. Um, Mike Mars is an incredible artist. Yes. Uh, I, I, I know a guy named Don Rouse. He's a midnight mauler, and he has been wrestling since forever. Since like, when I started my music career, he started his wrestling career. He is a very good artist, and he did some cover work, some of the covers on the early issues of Medical Comics are by Don. Um, I, I think that, uh, that, that if you are a, a, an artist or a musician – uh, you write books, you, you you can create, you write stories, then you probably have the ability to uh, you know, transition into some form of professional wrestling because it, it requires a very, very creative individual. And, and Mike Mars is extremely creative. I mean, obviously, you can see Jerry Lawler. He practically draws a damn match when he's in the ring. It's it's amazing what what uh, these guys can do. And they, they are artists. I, I, I know that they're not considered that, but uh, what professional wrestlers do is a lot harder than just acting and and just, uh, you know, um, what a professional wrestlers, a lot of times what they do, they have to get it right the first time. They don't get in any second takes the promo. Man, when you have to rattle off a promo, you don't get you usually don't get to do it more than once. And you got to get the date, the time, who you're going after, what you're doing, why you're going to be there. Why should people be there to watch you do what you're going to do? You got to get all that out there. You got to get it right the first time. And that's professional wrestling. It is truly and art. Uh, I mean, absolutely. And you have to think too, like uh, Jim Cornette described them as stuntmen and actors with a camera on all four sides. There's no hide your weakness. There's no nothing. And I like how you touched on art in the ring because you see it with wrestlers today, since there's so few talents today that can work a traditional match. You watch somebody like, when CM Punk came to AEW and you watched the matches he was getting out of people. And it's like, holy crap. I didn't know they, these wrestlers had it in them. This is what happens when they're in the ring with somebody who knows, like you said, how to tell a story, how to bring the emotion out. And it's, you know, if you were to list the, the top 10 best matches, uh, so, uh, uh, in AEW in the last year, half of them were punk against somebody who'd never had a good match or, or been on those kind of lists. And I like that. I like that narrative. What do you think, Benny? Absolutely. Nope. Agree. One hundred percent. So, Stash, um, as you know, uh, January 1st, uh, VWC started taping the or doing the uh, wrestling live from VWC. Uh, both you as the one of the stars of the show and, and me as a commissioner, we both have a, uh, a vested interest in it. It's, you know, getting over and succeeding. And, uh, so we, we've, uh, we've, we've quoted, uh, back to school and we've quoted the Godfather and I'm going to do one more quote from the movie. Analyze this, uh, for the character, Paul Vitti, uh, Robert De Niro, when he said to, to Billy Crystal, you, you got a gift, my friend. Uh, and you have a gift. For the spoken word, amongst very you know many other things, but as one of the star performers on the show, what can you say to the listeners out there that'll get them to tune into these these episodes because they're great? Ah, yes, 
professional wrestling fans around the world listen to the voice of the spectacular stash. You know it. The stash knows it. We all know there's something really wrong with the wrestling world today. Isn't there? Well, let me tell you, what you're not seeing is what you will see at BWC. Quest for Fire, live from BWC Wrestling, is what this world has been waiting for. Because let me tell you, the storytelling is where it's at. And the storytelling is all about the Y-O-U. It doesn't matter about the WWE or the AEW because the BWC is bringing the wrestling, the real wrestling, that fun wrestling to the Y-O-U. And we're doing it every week, man. We got Yellow Man is booking all of these incredible series of matches and they're all telling stories and they're tied in like a, 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 a a serial, like a, a soap opera serial for people that love violence and combat and the clash of the titan. So if you love real professional wrestling, professional wrestling that makes you want to scream, makes you mad, makes you laugh, might even make you cry, baby. You're going to have to come on down and see. All you got to do is push play, hit subscribe, give us a like, share, spread the word about the wrestling revolution taking place at BWC Wrestling Live from BWC Quest for Fire. It's heating up. Let me tell you, revenge is a dish best served cold. They ain't built a cage that can hold the spectacular stash, baby. Ropes, chains, and cuffs. Just like rules. All meant to be broken. That'll be quoted hundreds of years from now and attributed to this stash. <laughs> Look, what you haven't been seeing, what you've been missing about professional wrestling, you're going to see that at BWC. I'm going to give you everything I've got. I have been waiting all my life to do this. The instructors and the, the wrestlers at BWC and Jimmy Valiant, the boogie woogie man, have given us a gift to showcase our talents and give the people what they've been waiting on. BWC Wrestling, it's what is all about you. Damn. Benny, uh, I think we got a couple of sound bites out of that one. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm, unlike me, it doesn't have to be censored at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you can't censor the stash. I think we've established no. that. No. I mean, we've talked about everything tonight as, as we get ready to wrap up. I mean, I mean, you've shown no signs of slowing down. Music, comic books. Uh, com you, you said you've got more works coming down. You're, you're obviously very busy as a wrestling manager. What can we look forward to seeing from you in 2023 and beyond? Much more of the same. There's going to be more music. There's going to be more comics, more writing, more stash, more professional wrestling. Um, I, 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 to be honest with you guys, I didn't know how far this was going to go. I'm hooked. I love what's going on at BWC. Now, there is a, literally a wrestling revolution taking place there. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I am so, so grateful to be a part of this. And I want to share it with everybody uh, and, and have them experience this so that they can have an opportunity to enjoy the vibe and the feeling that I'm getting from all of these professional wrestlers and uh, exploring their dreams and having an opportunity to make their dreams come true. Because, you know, uh, professional wrestlers don't often have an opportunity to not only train to be professional wrestlers, but they have an opportunity to train to do professional wrestling television. And that's what's going on right now at BWC. Uh, we've got Mike Mars and Scott Storm and Yellow Man and Boogie Woogie Man and Trey Fouquet and so many people working together 
to to come together and and make this show as best as as good as it can possibly be and and we're giving you everything we got and i just hope everybody will tune in and support it and go to bwc and let me let me tell you something just as an aside guys i want to i want to explain something about boogie's wrestling camp 1992 we've already established is when boogie's wrestling camp opened up yes, all right sir. uh it was it was two hundred and fifty dollars down for a professional wrestler, referee, valet, manager to come into Boogie's wrestling camp and get their training, and then just twenty dollars per session. Two hundred and fifty dollars down and twenty dollars per session to come and learn from real professionals how to do the art of professional wrestling. That has not changed. I paid that same amount myself in 2017 when I signed up. It's the same amount when I, I, I graduated. And let me tell you something, guys. I don't have to tell anybody listening to, to this program that the price of everything has gone up except training at Boogie's Wrestling Camp. And here's another thing, people. I want to express how important it is to understand the benefit of Free, F-R-E-E, free, baby, because that's what it costs to come witness live professional wrestling at BWC every Sunday, 12 noon to 4 p.m. in Shawsville, Virginia. If you can find it, get that GPS going and put your thumb to the sky. Lick that thumb and put it to the sky and good luck, baby. But you, you're going to find the place. Let me tell you, you will not miss it. You get on that road and you keep finding it until you see Boogie's Wrestling Camp on that hill and you go there and you support it. Let me tell you what you need to do is if you are a professional wrestler, and this is a God's honest truth. If you are a professional wrestler, if you want to be a professional wrestler, you need to go to Boogie's Wrestling Camp. You need to check this out. There is no better opportunity. There is no better family environment. There is no better safe uh, way to learn to wrestle. You don't want to get into these backyard wrestling situations. You don't want to you want to get with some shady people that are just going to use you up, and spit you out when you, when they're done and you're hurt. And there's nothing else you can do. So what you need to do if you if if you are intent on becoming a professional wrestler, go to Shawsville, Virginia, walk in that door, make it happen. Only you can make your dreams come true. And this is a fact. It doesn't matter if you want to be a professional wrestler, a musician, artist, entertainer actor you a professional athlete of any kind you need to do it what are you waiting for believe in yourself if you do not believe in yourself no one else will no one else will step forth and give it to you you have to step forward and take it and that is the best advice that the spectacular stash can pass down because that is the same advice that was passed down to me by the legends who came before me. Boom. Stash out, baby. Incredible final thought. Benny, uh, as we wrap up for the night, any, any final thoughts from you? Uh, normally I'm not at a loss for words, but really stash said it all. And, you know, uh, you know having been there uh, several times now at BWC, the one thing, and he mentioned it too, he mentioned the word family, and we always, whenever I post on uh, Facebook, I always use the term family because you are truly welcome there as if you've been there for the last 30 years uh, by everybody. And it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, I was nobody knew who I was, but everybody, you know, started introducing themselves. How you doing? And it just, it, it's almost like a, you know, it, it's almost like a, a family picnic or a gathering when you go to BWC on a Sunday afternoon. Everybody, you know, everybody gets caught up in the action, and he he's right about that. These uh, these these you know guys and girls, guys and gals, men and women, are breaking their butts. These are the future of wrestling, and um, I, I'm gonna I know that one day I'm gonna see a Jaden Fury on Monday Night Raw on AEW, mm -hmm. and maybe you know hopefully Stash is by his side, and I'm gonna say hey I knew those guys, you know I know those guys. You know, I watched him wrestle at BWC. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. I agree. I And and believe me, the stash is going to be there to support Jaden Fury in any way he can. And I would love to see that happen because he deserves it. Absolutely. All of all of the students at BWC deserve to see their dreams come true. But I got to be honest with you. If the stash never makes it beyond BWC, 
I don't feel like I will be missing out on anything because I sincerely just love being a part of what's going on right now. And whatever happens in the future, I know I'm in the right place and I'm safe and I'm with family and I'm taken care of. Purely selfish reasons. We don't, I mean, of course we want you to succeed, but nobody wants you to leave BWC. You're, you're too valuable there. (laughs) Hey, I got nothing to prove. Spectacular stash has done it all without record labels, publishing deals, deals with the WWE or AEW. I'm already living the dream. I'm already doing it. The stash is spectacular. Just like Dracula, baby. Yeah. And ain't nothing, nothing anybody can do about that. Well, Stash, before we let you go for the night, um, you're very active online. Where can everybody find you? Where, where can they listen to your projects and read your stuff and all that? Yeah, go to SpectacularStash.com. S-T-A-C-H-E.com. Spectacular Stash. You're going to be able to pick up all my books, music, wrestling, all the information you need to know about the Spectacular Stash, you can hit a, hit the Facebook link. Hit me up on Facebook. If you send uh, Stash a message, Stash is going to respond. You want to hook up, hook yourself up with some books, some comics directly from the Stash, I will hook you up. You can go to the website in order to. Um, Stash is going to be at BWC. You can check him out uh, on Quest for Fire, baby. It's getting higher and higher. And the wrestling live from BWC show is burning up, baby. And I'll tell you, you'll be able to see the stash there. Stash is going to be at Wilkes Comic Con in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, this Saturday at the Stone Center for the Performing Arts. The spectacular stash will be there with a large selection of vintage comic books and professional wrestling magazines, as well as Flippy the Dachshund and Middle Cold Comics, Tales to Twist Your Mustache. Uh, and uh, I will definitely be promoting and telling everybody there about the live from BWC show. And I'm looking forward to the show. You'll be seeing the stash uh, at more and more comic book events. And we will just see what the future holds. And just be sure to check in. Stay tuned because the stash is just getting started, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no mercy, daddy. Stash, I, I do have a request. And, you know, I mean, maybe down the road you can consider this, but I don't know if you've ever heard this song, uh, Fire, by the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Does that sound familiar? Okay. Describe Arthur Brown. Describe Arthur Brown. The the name of the band is the crazy world of Arthur Brown. The song Fire came out in 1968. The guy went on stage with a flaming metal helmet. And... Actually, I believe that that was actually the first music video ever. But if, if you happen to listen to that song, I, I can I can hear you covering that song. Would you, would you send me do me a favor because send me a link. Oh, absolutely. Link or something, because absolutely. you may be hearing the stash cover that song. If, you know, that song's got you written all over it. I'll send it over to Matt Miller, and he's a, he's an amazing pr- producer. He can take any song and he can transpose it, and he does all the instrument all the instrumentation himself. Uh, so you you send that send that track, and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, there you have it for the spectacular stash for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. I'm Dan Spastiano. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring. <laughs>